Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What does man gain from all his labor in which he labors under the sun? One generation goes and another generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun also rises and the sun goes down and hurries to its place where it rises again. The wind goes toward the south and turns around to the north. It turns around continually as it goes and the wind returns again to its courses. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. To the place where the rivers flow, there they flow again. All things are full of weariness beyond uttering. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. That which has been is that which shall be, and that which has been done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. Is there a thing to which it may be said, Behold, this is new? It has been long ago, in the ages which were before us. There is no memory of the former, neither shall there be any memory of the latter that are to come, among those who shall come after. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 2 through 11. Welcome back to From Hevel to Eternity. I'm Brian, and this is my Bible study podcast. Cole Newton notes that there are two books within God's Word that search to find and answer how we might find a meaningful and satisfied life. Those books are Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament and Philippians in the New Testament. We on this podcast are currently on episode 4 of a new series working through those two books. I've titled it Worldly Hevel, Joy in Christ, and this study is about where we place our identity what the meaning of life is, and the singular person who can provide us with lasting joy. Today we're in the book of Ecclesiastes again. It's traditionally attributed to King Solomon. Newton notes that Solomon hopes to reveal the source of lasting joy and satisfaction, but he does this primarily by showing how other methods fail to offer such joy. In fact, the Israelite king repeatedly states that there is nothing better in life than to enjoy what you have been given by God. Specifically today, we are in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verses 2 through 11, and we're going to be talking about the futility of finding our identities in the work and the toil that we do. Ecclesiastes can be a hard book to read. It can kind of seem like Eeyore, you know, looking at life through bleak, pessimistic glasses, but that's not what the goal of the book is. The goal of the book is to contrast a life of identity in worldliness against a life of identity found in the Savior, in placing our faith in Christ, in fearing God, and in finding joy through a relationship with and obedience of our sovereign Creator. I pray that we can read this passage in a way that doesn't discourage us, but instead in a way that encourages us to find identity in Christ above all else. And then hopefully it'll allow us to have that identity shape how we strive forward in our daily work. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. Ecclesiastes 1-2 
So here in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 2, we get that Hebrew word hevel that comes up again and again throughout the book, over 30 times. In our English translations, it gets translated as vanity or meaningless or absolute futility. You've heard me mention this a bunch before on the podcast, but the word literally means vapor or mist, something that looks attainable but that can never be fully grasped. It's like trying to reach out and grab vapor. It's meaningless. It's futile. You'll drive yourself crazy if you make that your life's work. It's like chasing after the wind, is what the author will say over and over again. Also, over and over again, Solomon will point out the absolute hevel of seeking worldly fulfillment, of trying to find your identity in things under the sun. It's never really going to result in full fulfillment. I never thought that I'd be quoting a Pink Floyd song on the podcast, but in their song Time, there is a verse that could almost have been pulled directly out of Ecclesiastes. It goes, And you run and you run to catch up with the sun, but it's sinking, racing around to come up behind you again. The sun is the same in a relative way, but you're older, shorter of breath, and one day closer to death. So all this seems kind of depressing, but this isn't the only place in the Bible where Hevel is used. It shows up in other places. In Psalm 39 verse 5, King David even declares that man's life is Hevel, or a mere breath, in the context of God and creation. Barak notes that such realities produce frustration, puzzlement, and vexation, but they do not make life meaningless. In fact, the message of Ecclesiastes seems to be that the wise individual will learn how to accept such realities and to live happily in the knowledge that there is someone who really does comprehend the reasons for apparent iniquities and someone who sovereignly controls life's enigmatic twists and turns. What does man gain from all his labor in which he labors under the sun? Ecclesiastes 1.3 So human labor under the sun, it can produce fruits to be enjoyed. But the rest of the chapter makes it pretty clear that the brevity of human life, it usually prevents us from being able to enjoy it in any lasting way. So what does man gain by working? What is the point of all the things that we do? When the author uses the phrase, under the sun, He's referring to life in the world. Ecclesiastes is the only book in the Old Testament that actually uses the phrase. In addition to under the sun, the book also uses phrases like under heaven or on earth, and they're meant to convey the same connotation of things that we interact with on the ground here in this fallen world. Adeyemo notes that these phrases speak of life focused on this world only. I think the only part of that phrase is big, because there are tasks and work in this world that we are called to focus on, just not for us to focus solely on. Philip Ryken declares that there is a God who rules over the sun, so we are not limited to terrestrial. We can get outside our own solar system and see things from a celestial perspective. Ecclesiastes begs us to do that. It shows us the weariness of our existence so that we will not expect to find meaning and satisfaction in earthly things, but only in God above. One generation goes and another generation comes, but the earth remains forever. 
the sun also rises and the sun goes down and hurries to its place where it rises. The wind goes toward the south and turns around to the north. It turns around continually as it goes, and the wind returns again to its courses. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. To the place where the rivers flow, they, there they flow again. Ecclesiastes 1, 4 through 7. So this is talking about the impermanence of our lives under the sun, contrasted against the ongoing routines of the earth that have gone on for years and generations and will continue to go on for more generations. So I might be driven to find my identity and my work because I might think that what I'm doing at my job is the most important thing that I could be doing, that it'll have this incredible impact. And Ecclesiastes acknowledges that work is important and the things you do can affect lives. But he also puts our time on this earth in perspective. I've been around 36 years, and I've maybe accomplished some amazing things at my jobs. Maybe I think I'm hot stuff. But again, identity is about perspective. And even though the earth has rotated around the sun 36 times in my life, the earth was rotating around the sun long before me, and it will keep on rotating around the sun long after me. And here's the real kicker. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. As long as the earth has been around, it's had rivers. Those rivers have had the task of carrying waters to the sea, yet their jobs are never done. Water evaporates from the sea, comes back down as rain, rolls back into the rivers, and gets carried back into the sea. If the river was a person, it would be the oldest person around, yet it would say, I've worked and worked and worked. I've woken up early every morning when my alarm clock goes off. I've clocked in overtime. I've made new paths. I've tra been a trailblazer at my job. But my work just continues over and over, and my work is never fully done. Finding identity in your work just leads to more work, which leads to seeking more identity in your work, which leads to more work. It's a thankless and exhausting task that can end up stealing your joy. But that's not all Solomon is trying to say here, because creation goes on. It goes on spurned by the sovereign creator. Doing the work that God has provided us to do is not worthless. It is affirming. Riken says that looking above the sun also gives us a different perspective on the human experience. Finding our identity in God, finding joy and peace in him while we toil under the sun, it's not temporal. It's eternal. As a Christian, my relationship with God can produce rejoicing in this life under the sun. Listen to Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Being therefore justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have our access by faith into this grace in which we stand. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only this, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering works perseverance and perseverance, proven character and proven character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. So not only can we find joy in this life, but God has provided us the Holy Spirit and he can enable us to find joy in him. And this is an amazing blessing from God.
All things are full of weariness beyond uttering. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. That which has been is that which shall be, and that which has been done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. Is there a thing of which it may be said, Behold, this is new? It has been long ago in the ages which were before us. There is no memory of the former, neither shall there be any memory of the latter that are to come among those that shall come after. Ecclesiastes 1, 8 through 11. So there's a phrase in here that I think just kind of describes the human condition. When it comes to us having this misguided identity toward worldly things, especially in our work life, it's the phrase, the eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. Like how many times do we aim for that promotion or to get assigned to that new awesome project or to get the shiny new job because we think that it might affirm who we are, who we want to be, you know, successful, respected, esteemed, important. So if you've fallen into this boat before, what happened when you got that promotion or you got on that new project or you started your new position? Chances are that it seemed amazing for a couple heartbeats and then the cycle started over. You started thinking about the next promotion, or the next new project, or the next job you could apply for. That joy didn't last, because when your identity is in your work, and your titles, and your job, then you never have a finish line. You just keep adding hurdles to a race that never ends. It's exhausting. Solomon is not saying that all of life is meaningless or going nowhere. To quote Barak, people are not caged hamsters mindlessly running in place. What he is saying is that seeking affirmation in this life by trying to find your identity in your work is meaningless. It's not going to work. Look, hard work is good. Success is good. Achievement is good. But none of those things are everything. None of those things should be tied to who we are. So, it's not this bleak way of looking at our jobs. It's actually a life-affirming way of looking at our work. It matters, but within the proper perspective. Ecclesiastes will go on to tell us to enjoy the things that God has given us, including our work. He just wants us to seek God first, and to have our identity wrapped up in being a child of God over being a slave to this world. This passage is about perspective and priority. Work and toil and wisdom, which we'll cover next episode, they're all important things in this life. They are things that can be admirable within the proper perspective and context. But when our work becomes our soul, our primary priority, then we run into problems. We pervert its beauty, we create idols, and we lose track of the number one priority in a Christian's life, being a disciple of Jesus. The truth is, when we look to this world for our nourishment, we're always hungry for more than we can attain. We're never satisfied by the things of this world because we were never meant to be filled by them alone. That's where identity and joy really intersect here. When we wrap ourselves up in identities that never satisfy us, we're constantly being robbed of joy. Finding our identity in the completed work of Christ, that can provide contentment not found anywhere else. We'll really hit on that Thursday in Philippians. When we're in an intimate relationship with God and we're content with what He has accomplished and provided, then we're able to find true joy in Him.
and then as the joy overflows into our activities under the sun, it can help us to enjoy our work, to enjoy our coworkers, to enjoy our labor. But remember these words from Philip Riken. You were made for a new and better world. The very fact that you are weary in this life is pointing you to Jesus as the only one who can satisfy your soul. So thanks for listening. Hopefully you came out of this episode of reading this passage of scripture encouraged and not discouraged. Again, Ecclesiastes is one of those books where if you lose the end goal, then you might feel a bit dragged down by the weight of the words. But that's not the intention of the book. It's to point us to Jesus and to lasting joy. All Bible verses are from the World English Bible Translation, which is in the public domain. Next episode, we're going to be taking a look at Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 8. We'll continue to talk about work and identity, but we'll be talking about working for the gospel, about God's working in us, and about how all of that circles back to finding true joy through God. Until next time, though, I love y'all.